0: If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 <laughs>
1: problems, but a
0: bitch ain't one. Tip me. Got my piece The rap patrol on the gap patrol. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is NXT Revisited, And this week, we're both here. I'm Troy with me, Jason.
1: Yes, I want to thank you for your extreme concern with my dick problems last week, Troy. I appreciate, uh, you know, it was supposed to be between us, but apparently decided to let all the listeners in, so, you know, I'm 100% ready, I'm at
0: full mast, and let's get this bitch going. All right, sounds great. So we started off this episode with Dominic Djokovic. Dij- that's what it is. Oh
1: no, 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 remember, we got to scratch the itch, it's Djokovic.
0: Dijakovic, yep. Um, That's that's one
1: of the best things Morrow's ever come up with, because it fucking sticks.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, Percy says that Dijakovic came to the country with nothing, but they just also said that he's from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Shane Thorne is his opponent, um, and line of the night, Thorne has educated feet, but apparently dropped out of high school at grade (laughs) 9. So, are they... Are they not educated? I didn't I don't all right, whatever. <clears throat> um The story of this match was that uh, right off the right off the bat, uh Thorne grabs Dijakovic's arm and drapes it over the side, and the rest of the match is supposed to be that Dijakovic kind of Dijakovic, Dijakovic has a hurt arm. But he doesn't <laughs> sell that he has a hurt arm.
1: No, he sold the arm pretty well throughout the match, I thought.
0: Then he grabbed a hold of Shane Thorne, did a arm drag, arm thrust, then whipped him across the room, all with said hurt arm.
1: You got so, two arms. It's a team effort there, sir.
0: He did it one hand, one arm. My my biggest <laughs> issue here, right? Uh,
1: I actually thought Shane Thorne looked pretty good as a singles competitor. Uh, obviously, we have seen him mostly as part of the mighty TM61, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Um but my my issue here is that this is the second consecutive time was it Andre Joud or whatever last time we saw with uh yeah. Dijakovic? Uh it seems like they're they're portraying him as a monster, but they're not booking the matches that way. He gets he takes a lot of punishment in these matches. Um that he probably shouldn't if you're trying to put him over as a monster.
0: Right. Yeah, I I agree. Um he really wasn't on much offense through the whole match like yeah. Thorne got a bunch of it, and then he did his little little sequence. And then Thorne was back on offense for a while, um, and then he hits uh, that springboard out to the floor. And holy shit! Uh, yeah. So so yeah. So the the ending se- sequence on this pretty much was: uh, Thorne was up top. Dijakovic went up top, does a backflip, then hits a standing super kick to the top ropes, uh, and then does a corkscrew shoulder block. To the outside and it was like corkscrew shoulder block yes <laughs> yes and you're like oh yeah that's right this guy can fucking move like he shouldn't be able to right um <laughs> yeah so he gets thorn back in the in the ring and then hits the feast your eyes for the victory
1: yeah and uh like i said I, my issue is how this match was booked uh in the early stages but at the end they sort of let dijakovic just go ham and he did and looked like an animal and got the
0: win and that ended as it should yeah yeah. Uh, we followed the up with the Undisputed Era doing a really bad commercial um, <laughs> still in the back of the
1: ring truck like is that the back of the ring truck thing was they were hiding from the war raiders like why are they hiding still
0: yeah I, I don't know I also this felt like such this this felt so fake and I know it's wrestling I know that it's supposed to be scripted, rooms and stuff of that But typically when you have conversations, like, it, it still feels like it's actual conversations. This, like I said, felt like a bad infomercial where it's like, yeah, um, we are going to be winning the championships. Turn to the, to the, to the camera. And then Rowdy, yes, I am very excited about this. Turns to the camera, nods. Like, (laughs) <laughs> okay, see, the the thing is, they didn't turn to the camera. They've got one shot in the back of a
1: fucking ring truck, and there's three different cameras, because they're switching in between them every time. Mm-hmm. And the poor guys cutting the promo are looking at the hard cam that's right across from them, but then they cut to the side cam, and now they're looking in a complete opposite direction yeah. looking silly. You you don't need three cameras for this shot, guys. This is a one-camera shoot, okay? Yeah. Um, The interesting bit to come out of this whole thing was uh, apparently Roddy saying he's going to pursue singles competition and Fish is going to slide back into teaming with O'Reilly. So uh, and I think we saw a little foreshadowing of where Roddy's going at the end of the show. Uh, but it does mean that we are going to get Red Dragon back together again, it looks like.
0: Yeah, so we're getting Red Dragon back together, which is great. Um, obviously, to me, it feels like Roddy should be going for the North American Championship, but this is the same night that like Adam Cole's like, I want that North American championship. It's like, well, one of you should be going for the NXT championship. And one of you is a far superior worker than the other one at <laughs> the face of, of the undisputed era. You should probably be the one going for the, the NXT championship.
1: Well, see, this is sort of the problem with NXT as much as we love NXT. There's, they've done too good of a job in a sense of booking guys. Cause you have so many guys who feel like they should be in that world championship mix, uh, that there's just not enough room for all of them. I mean, Gargano, right. Gargano, Ricochet, Black, uh, Cole, Dream. I mean, they all should be contending for the NXT Championship.
0: Right. Well, then later on we get it's where we we get to see the tag teams that we have in the division over there, and you're like, oh shit! Like any one of these guys could be champion, and it would completely be like. Yep, that makes sense. He's is, their champions. That, is, that, is that what you thought of that segment? Well, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> first, first we had to have Io Shirai say, "I'm coming, I'm coming for that championship." Did you? Clip I was that, coming too? Did you clip that audio already? It's my new ringtone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, after she says that, though, Bianca Belair comes in and is a cunt. Oh, uh, <laughs> can
1: we please, for the love of fucking god? Can we please stop making this woman sound like she's fucking on the bad end of the spectrum with this whole undefeated thing? Because it wasn't cute when she actually was undefeated. Mm -hmm. Now she just sounds borderline moronic.
0: Yeah, very much so. Uh, Yeah. So apparently... We were correct, or I was correct. I should say last week when it, it seemed like they were setting up Bel Air to turn on the Ass Pirates, uh, because that's exactly what she did on, in this promo here, pretty oh, much saying man. that she's she's Talk shit. Well, she talks shit, and she, like I said last week, we saw she was kind of a bitch. You know, was upset because she didn't get get the pinfall, even though she still got the the win. Yeah, and then obviously now they, they said this was. Directly after the match, so but we were playing it a week later.
1: Well, can I just say that the uh, the clip of Kyrie playing with Bianca's hair to celebrate the win just made my entire week last week. So I (laughs) was on the show, I didn't get to say that, Uh, but yes, that was
0: fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the the, Io and Kyrie are a lot of fun. Um, obviously, I I shared a little clip of Kyrie dancing to Bel Air's music, so uh, they definitely have have a lot of fun. Um. And here's another one of those those little little segues I hate, uh, going from Belair saying she's undefeated to then of course uh, Nigel says here's a team that is undefeated: Humberto Carrero and Stacy Irwin Jr. They, they're a brand new tag team. Like yeah. <laughs> they haven't been around for and, months or years or anything like that.
1: And, and Humberto Carrillo's on 205 Live, so he shouldn't be on NXT at this point. He's he's sort of been called up to the main roster here. Um, <laughs> And, and Stacey Irwin Jr. is not an effective partner for Umberto Carrillo. I think they need to find a more credible partner for this guy if you're going to do this kind of thing. I'm thinking Buggenhagen would no. be a great partner for this guy.
0: <laughs> get out. He's, uh, before He's we... now my Buggenhagen. Mm-hmm. Before we get the match, though, Cassius Ono arrives and he cuts a generic heat promo. Um, cause the best way to get heat is to insult the audience who don't matter. Um, but before he can get too far into it, Queef Lee comes in knocks him out with one hit, uh, sort of a cheap shot from behind. Cause you know, he's a face. Yes. Yep. Queef drops a, Oh no. Um, and then gives us an, Oh my God. <laughs> <which I enjoyed. laughs> yeah. Um, and then Lee says, pardon the interruption, <laughs> gentlemen, which is one of my favorite <laughs> shows. And uh the street profits come out. <laughs> so <laughs> uh during their entrance, Montez mocks Cashisono, which I popped at. <laughs> These guys
1: are so fucking over on their entrance, though.
0: Holy shit. shit, man. Like, there's there's so much energy. If there's ever a part in, in uh, If there's any, ever, ever a moment of time where the, you they start losing the crowd, just send the Street Profits out there because they will get everybody back up and, wow. and get the energy level back up in the room. See, and that's the interesting part
1: to me with how this match played out, but I'm not going to cut your dick off before we get there. But there there was an interesting point in this match.
0: Okay. Um, so Mexican Josh Hartnett is uh, getting a lot of eyes on him, like you said, uh, being on NXT as well as 205 Live. Wait, did you just call him uh, Josh Hartnett? Mexican Josh Hartnett. That is a dated reference, sir. Josh Hartnett is still a, a working actor. I he? bet you
1: there's like 50% of the audience that remembers who that guy is, if that.
0: Oh, well, if you look at them, them them next to each other, they're pretty much identical. <laughs> I have to do that now. All right. Uh, Ford and Carrillo do a nice little segment where they do flip for flip, which I greatly enjoyed, uh, culminating in double drop kicks to each other.
1: Yeah, watching Montez Ford and Umberto Correa, I couldn't help but think, "Here's a future 205 live main event,
0: <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much." Oh, which is a bummer because Ford is is very, very good, yes, and should be used um, on on the main roster, um, much in the same way that Mustafa Ali is, or you know, some, something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. He's most likely destined for that. Uh, if they ever do uh, you know, cruiserweight t- tag titles, the Street Profits, I, I believe,
1: I don't think qualify. Dawkins is going to qualify as a cruiserweight. I don't think so. That dude's a little
0: pudgy. All right. Well, we're going to have to play, play how much does this guy weigh. <laughs> uh, Stacey Irwin gets one move in the match, which is a standing shooting star press. <laughs>
1: oh, so you glossed over the moment I was referring to. So, oh, okay. All right. Uh, go ahead.
0: After they do that
1: double dropkick spot, they get to a show of respect with Ford and Carrillo, They go to shake hands, and Ford kicks him right in the gut. And it was very interesting, if you go back and watch it, because the crowd is all about the Street Profits all the way through. And then that happens, and it's sort of like they got confused. Like, wait, wait, are are they turning heel? Because that was a shitty thing, and then the crowd just sort of, they lost the crowd there. The crowd wasn't sure if they're supposed to be cheering for the profits at that point, or if they just witnessed a heel turn, and they completely lost the energy from the crowd at that point. It was very, very strange.
0: Yeah, I I, I feel you on that one. Uh It was an odd move. Um Oh, okay, well, Angela Dawkins is 260 pounds, so yeah, probably not. Uh... <laughs> He looks slimmer on TV. I'm sorry. No, he doesn't.
1: <laughs> well, there's a reason uh, he wears the baggy pants, dude. I'm just saying.
0: Well, you know, I mean, you could you could easily have the curse of Burger King Angelo Dawkins. Yeah. Um okay. So from from that weirdness, you know, we do get um
1: Dawkins has okay. hit one of those like he, he whipped the they were in some sort of a tangle, and he just whips the dude around and straight into a spear with like no momentum yeah. build to it, and it actually looked fucking boss. I loved it,
0: yeah, very much so um Carrillo does hit a uh, a diving drop kick, which I'm pretty sure he hit the ceiling on because <laughs> uh, that dude just gets so much fucking air um and then Irving hits a tsunami salt, which I, I say hits, but he pretty much missed all of it. Um, but that's a little bit more on Carrillo for moving Dawkins so close to the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, was, so pretty much,
1: a, there was a spot where uh, Ford hit a suplex on Irwin and dropped him on his neck so fucking stiff that the ref had to like stop the match for a second to check and make sure yeah. the dude didn't have a broken neck.
0: There was there was a couple of different. In in this episode alone, there was a couple different times I was like, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that I, I read spoilers, I would think that that person was hurt.
1: <laughs> this was sort of like another one of those matches we've been talking about a lot lately where it's like the the guys who are supposed to be the squashers are just taking way too many near falls. Yeah. Um, there were like three or four different near falls for Carrillo and Irwin, and that's just way too many in a match that's supposed to showcase the profits here.
0: Right, yeah. At uh, the end of the match, though, sees Montez hit a crotch chop, yeah, which, right. again, all right, they're a face, <laughs> um, and then hits a super blockbuster for the win. Um, very, very nice finishing maneuver there. Um, Ford obviously continues to be the um, a, a, a better member of the two.
1: I'm a Dawkins guy. I don't know what I can tell you about that. I like. I've always liked Angela Dawkins. Um, just very charismatic dude. Reminds me a lot of d I don't know. Maybe that's the comparison.
0: Yeah. No. I'm not. I'm not saying that that either are bad. Uh, they're both great. I I love the Street Profits. Yeah. I'm I I've, I've converted over to to loving the Street Profits. But Ford to me has just those facial expressions and his movements in his body. Your your eyes are just drawn to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think the prophets have been fairly underutilized and one of my notes here was watching their entrance these guys need a fucking real program we need to stop sticking them with the mighty and the fucking forgotten sons and all that stuff and give them some actual real top tag team to feud with put them with the undisputed era in a program put them like like something like that but then the end of this happened and maybe that's where we're
0: headed so yeah exactly because um at the after this ford and dawkins call it the war raiders and uh, Fabian Eichner and German dude arrive. Uh, the wonder kid, Alex Wright, says that they deserve a tag team title match be, or before the Street Profits do.
1: Based on uh, which, one what, one win
0: they've had on NXT TV? One win, yep. Yeah. Uh, but then out comes Lorcan and Burch. Uh The three teams uh, argue. So that's, that's Loken, Orny Loken. Sorry. Uh, Orner, Ornery Loken and, uh, <laughs> and generic wrestler number three. Uh, the tag teams argue with each other before the War Raiders finally arrive. Uh, Roll says there's an awful lot of talking and no fighting. and uh, Then the Undisputed Era attack them from behind. So it's like a whole bunch of other teams only for their program to be
1: the guys they just beat for the title.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: It sort of felt um, like everybody else was, wasting, was wasted in this segment once Undisputed Era came out, because then again, at that point, it's obvious where we're actually going.
0: Yeah, I mean... So now you've got, a uh, uh, where you've got five teams, you know, all, all going for these belts and you, yeah, you could probably throw out one of them and make it a four corners tag team match for the next takeover or something like that. But instead it definitely seems like it's just going to be undisputed error versus war raiders. So
1: by the way, the, uh, street profits match, uh, i gave yeah. it, I gave it a C.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, so, the War Raiders do stand tall at the end, um, which, because that's all they've ever done. Every, every time that there's been a tussle, the War Raiders have been the guys standing tall at the end of it. Yeah. Um, As well so. they should. Yeah, and they're, they're the champions. Uh, I just felt like the Undisputed Air attacking from behind and then run away, and then the War Raiders just take everyone else. I was like, well, I guess that wasn't a very good attack then because <laughs> <laughs> didn't do much. Um, so now because we have to talk about this we have a next match
1: oh i got all and, sorts of notes on this match what are you talking about yeah
0: so uh tanara Kanchi makes me dick hard.
1: okay so here's uh, the first note i have right here because <laughs> all right the ring announcer announces her as tenara conti which is how she was originally billed when she came up right so the speculation is the way Morrow was pronouncing it when it was Tainara Conti was coming across as cunty, so they yeah. changed the pronunciation to Conti so that they could avoid that issue altogether, which is right. great. And she will now forever be known as Tainara
0: Con- Cunty on the rundown. And see, like, you you can't change a pronunciation because it doesn't make sense, right? Like, it's C O N T I. There's no. There's no C, there's no H, there's no second C, I should say. So H, it doesn't make any fucking sense that her name is Kanji. No. Um, what so else doesn't do... make sense is she comes out in her full gi, gets to the top of the stage, rips the gi off, but leaves mm-hmm. her black belt on. Because that's a thing. Leaves her black belt and then later on acts like it's a title belt. Yeah. Like yep. she holds it up to the crowd. Like, she kissed okay. it too, didn't she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think she I think she stuffed it inside of her as well. Um, they show that AJ Styles is in the audience. Um, <laughs> tell me that dude didn't look exactly he, like AJ Styles.
1: He did, Styles. but the last tapings, there was a dude that looked just like Adam Front Center, too. So yeah, that's true.
0: Him. Yeah. Uh, so, Kanchi is facing Aaliyah.
1: Now, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, Aaliyah came out... She, <laughs> first off, she, she looks hot AF, so let's just get that right off the
0: bat. My, my right. note says... Also makes me deck hard. Go okay. ahead. Smoke shop. <laughs> um, but when did she become Carmella? Yeah. So when did she become Ginny as well? Because she comes out and Maro and Mar- instantly says that no, 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 uh, she's Versace. Hot. What? She's hot. So it, it, I meant gimmick-wise, but okay.
1: I'm,
0: but I'm Carmella,
1: sort of, she sort of has the princess better than you gimmick that Carmella was doing as a heel for a while.
0: Yeah, but then she's also got the fashionista thing because Morrow says that like Versace designed her ring outfit or something like that.
1: Yeah, Donatella Versace, who's been dead for a long time, <laughs> yep. uh, apparently returned from the grave to design Aaliyah because this girl's, what, like 22? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's been wrestling for, what, like four years now, three years, something like that? So that
0: timeline doesn't add up, Morrow. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> So right off the bat, um, Kanchi goes for a pin and the referee is like, is is there a match going? Oh shit, there's a match going on! (laughs) And proceeds to jump over them and count a one-count. What the fuck was he doing? How long did it take him to realize that there was a pinning attempt going on? Um, From there, uh, for whatever reason, Vanessa Bourne arrives at ringside. And it was instantly like, "Oh, I guess yeah. we're showcasing the ladies we don't normally showcase on the show." Um, the, go ahead.
1: The whole thing. Uh, the, I will say this: I I noted that Aaliyah looked a lot better in the ring to me this time than she has in the past.
0: Yeah, the, the yeah the only thing is is that. Um, it I'm not sure if it was just that they were just kind of doing this match to lead into what was happening after the match or what. But it seemed like that Kanji was trying to do a lot more in the ring and Aaliyah was either not able to keep up with her or just couldn't kind of flow with it because the, the match was very choppy. Uh, then there was a lot of moves that didn't look very good. Yeah, And again... I don't know like you said maybe it's Alia definitely looked better here than she has in the past yeah. but yeah it still didn't do either one of these two any favors so that's yeah. for sure
1: and, and Con- Conchi uh, every time <laughs> we've seen her has been a heel and now all of a sudden she was playing to the crowd like she was a face so that threw me off a little bit too yeah, uh, and Vanessa Bourne at ringside for no apparent reason, and they didn't really have a chance to capitalize and explain that. Uh, oh, and quick self-correction: apparently, Donatella Versace is still very much alive. So sorry, oh, Donatella. Uh, sorry, buddy. It's Gianni uh, Versace who's dead. Uh, they oh, knew there was go. a Versace who was murdered. So there you go.
0: Uh, so yeah, so then um, Bourne finally gets involved by grabbing onto Kanchi as she's going to the top rope which is enough of a distraction for Aaliyah to lock in the total alienation nation Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> for the we're, win. <laughs> we're, we're reaching on some of these names now. Yeah. Yeah. But after the match, Shayna basler
1: comes can, out. Can I just say one of my favorite things to watch in a Tenara Conchi match is the way she just randomly yells shit. Like, yeah, like
0: I have, obviously she speaks, uh, I think Portuguese, right? I believe so. And, just screams fucking nonsense <laughs> and you're just like oh and at times it's like are, right. you, are you crazy
1: like she just yells <laughs> in the middle of the match when somebody tries like it's sort of entertaining to watch her just scream at her opponents
0: yeah i had no idea what she said in this one i don't think it was english i don't believe so um but yeah um so any, anything else to say on this match before we move into what happened afterwards
1: uh no <clears> go ahead <throat> it, but, uh, actually here's hey, i do have a question maybe you caught this was it a referee stoppage that was the end cuz I never saw Conti t- Conti tap out but the ref so, was called for the bell they they claimed that she tapped out I never uh, saw a tap out and see, it wasn't like, really she... a move that would lend itself to a tap out it was she was just repeatedly striking her like that looked like a ref stoppage in a UFC fight
0: okay yeah cuz it definitely was weird, but Kanchi was kind of waving her hand, so maybe they say that she was saying "I quit." I don't know. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it was it was weird. But again, this match was just to set up uh, Shayna Baszler arriving. Um, Born and Aaliyah run away, but Duke and Shafir attack him from behind. Uh, Batman and the other horse ladies then take up Born, Kanchi and Aaliyah <laughs> before Baszler picks up a mic. Um, says this is the new reality. Do not question them. Do not get in their way, and (laughs) do not piss them off. (laughs) So, uh, effective. Would that that qualify
1: as a mean mug face? I'm just.
0: It definitely was a mean mug face. Okay. Um, It was. We don't like
1: those on this feed, apparently. So.
0: Yeah. See. (laughs) See, in in the past, what you would do is you would set up this match. We're going to have. We're going to have a match between Tanara Kanchi uh, and Aaliyah. And then, like, two moves in, Shayna Baszler and the other horse ladies come in and attack them and end the match. But instead, we're like, no, we're going to have a full match. <laughs> and then after the fact, we're going to have Baszler come out. So not not quite the days of Brock Lesnar destroying the entire Cruiserweight division. Yeah, no,
1: not quite.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I the the promo was short and sweet and and to the point, which I enjoyed. Um, And it kind of puts everyone else on notice again, because right now, you know, Shayna doesn't really have a challenger, and her challengers are fighting each other, so. Uh,
1: She's got that girl who's
0: undefeated. No, she actually beat that one, so.
1: (laughs) How is that possible if she's undefeated?
0: Um, I don't know, because apparently, you could just say you've never lost, (laughs) like Asuka. (laughs) All right. That takes us to our main event. Rick O'Shea versus Adam Colbebe. Um So, right off the bat in this match, a both-these-guys chant breaks out, which yeah. got a laugh on me. Yeah, me
1: too.
0: Um, and then the beginning of this match was just fucking balls-all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's to be expected with these two. I mean, they they just show, like... It's a good thing that they, that they created that card title. Because... Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Otherwise, like there's there's way too much fucking talent for there just being one championship. You know
1: who's really pissed at how long it took him to create that mid card title is Tyler Breeze.
0: Yeah, yeah, he would have been a he would have been a perfect guy for that. Yeah. Um, Apollo Cruz was kind of getting there, but he then he got. He just, wasn't
1: really there long enough, though.
0: Yeah, he wasn't really there long enough, but he probably would have if they would have kept him there long enough. Yeah, um, Ty,
1: Ty Dillinger, I think, would have been great with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure um sammy might have been able to win a championship longer (laughs) yeah tommy was a good one too yeah Yeah. so yeah yeah.
1: we didn't we didn't say goodbye to tommy for his nxt contributions now that he's left the company um i'm just bummed we never got to find out who attacked
0: him in the parking lot yeah yeah well maybe someday down the line maybe he'll come back
1: i personally think it was johnny gargano i think it's just his fetish
0: there you (laughs) go yeah he just just be careful if you're if you're in a back alley, Johnny Gargano's coming for you. Um,
1: if, so, now, then, now if you are a dark alley, odds
0: are I'm coming for you. There you go, <laughs> and coming and coming in you. Yeah. Slap a baby in that bitch. All right. Uh, <laughs> the story of this match quickly changes into Ricochet having a hurt ankle as he gets his ankle caught in the ropes. It was knee, col- wasn't it? It was a knee. Well, they they couldn't decide because at first at first when he's caught up in the ropes, Nigel says his right ankle, then he was corrected that no, it's his left ankle, and then it was oh no, it's his left knee. They're so, selling it as a knee, like that's sort of what I. He was he was selling it the knee. Cole was was focusing on the knee. They yeah. kept saying leg, knee, and ankle. So, I guess the whole thing was just shattered.
1: Well, um, it was just head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees and toes.
0: Uh, so. Uh, I, I I enjoy I enjoyed a good portion of this a, a, a good a good portion of this match. Okay. There was there was some things I had issue with, and I'm going to have you take a wild guess what I had issue with in the match.
1: Uh, was it the offense delivered by Ricochet with a hurt knee? You are correct, sir. I think okay. we know each other a little too well. Okay, okay, but here's the thing: <laughs> he at least sold the knee a lot of points in that exchange he did, including he did. including springboarding up and only being able to springboard off of one foot which i thought was fucking balls i loved that yeah. um there was a point where he got him up for the vertigo and he couldn't hit it because his leg gave out so I, I thought he did a much better job than say seth rollins does with his yeah
0: for sure i'm i'm i, I don't want to take too much away from it it was just certain points in this that i'm like okay you're going you're going too much now it's it's okay if you are able to not, to get off like one move cuz you'd be like, "Oh, he just, you know, he pure adrenaline, made let him get that one move." But it's the multiple moves in a row before then being like, "Oh, my leg." That's where I'm just like, "All right, dude. Like, no, you can't, dude cuz you just you just hit fucking three different moves." Um, look, I guess before we get into that, um Cole continuing to go after the leg was great. Uh every cha- every time Ricochet would stand up, Cole would either drop kick him in the knee or kick him in the leg to, to whip him over it like that. Yeah. Um so something the, very
1: basic just drapes his leg over him and pulls at the kneecaps, sort of hyper extending yeah. it. Very, very simple move that is very effective.
0: Yeah. Um so the there was there was two different times that I I got annoyed by Ricochet's selling. The first one was so his leg is hurt. He proceeds to then hit a big boot, putting all the weight on one leg. That's hurt. Mm. Then he hits did, the er, Did he collapse after it, though? No, because he then ran up to the top rope, did a top rope move, then hit his standing moonsault on both legs, was, uh, then collapsed. <laughs> the standing
1: moonsault I actually had in my notes, too. Yeah. And the reverse Rana where he fucking spiked coal on the top of his head. That move is fucking oh,
0: dangerous, man. <laughs> That was that was same thing I had here. He drops him right on his fucking neck, and I'm like, oh. It's like,
1: not even Ricochet's fault. It's just it's on Cole to get over in that move. But it's it's one of those things where it's like that's one of those moves where I talk all the time on the, on this show and the other show where it's like d- there's a certain situation where a move the reward of a move is just not worth the risk, and that's sort of one of them to me. Yeah, I'm, someone's gonna get paralyzed on that bitch.
0: Yeah, and I don't I don't understand it i mean just a regular hurricane rana is fine to me right i don't i don't need a spike rana yeah it doesn't you know it doesn't uh, a regular hurricane rana where a guy lands on his back and rolls through and stuff like that i'm fine with it man i don't i don't need them to be dropped on their heads no. um so yeah so ricochet does hit hit a one-legged springboard which i enjoyed uh but um kind of showing why he hasn't been doing most of his moves one legged, he lands right on Cole's legs. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but it's so it actually sold into
1: the story well. It was like yeah. he couldn't get his full normal rotation and they, they, they did a nice job of covering it on commentary. I thought it actually almost made it
0: more believable. Yeah. Um so then Cole avoids the Pele kick and super kicks Ricochet's head off, which I enjoyed that. Um so when Cole brings down his knee pad to hit the... Last final. call. Last call, that's what it is. Um, and he misses it. He then has to work the rest of the match with one knee pad down, and it just looks silly. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but the the end of this match was an axe kick, which led to a Northern Lights suplex, and finally Vertigo, which, again, was way too many moves in a row without setting the leg out. Um,
1: and there was some stuff afterwards we'll get into in a moment, but... All things considered, my my only real you had like you said the issue with the knee, but it didn't bother me nearly as much as it does in other situations. I thought he at least made an effort to sell it, and you gotta for a guy like Ricochet, you have to be able to at least sort of use your legs a little bit. So, um, my bigger issue here is that this was a match that was was amazing on a takeover not that long ago, and I feel like to put them in the ring in a match that you're not going to have the same time. To tell a story and it's not—it's going to feel rushed and it's not going to live up to the original. Uh, and to put them right back in there, still relatively recently, um, was to me that this match was really good on its own. But when you sit there and see what they did at the takeover match, it's like, well, you know, not as good. Well, and I
0: felt like that was kind of the reason for the injury angle during it, was okay. We're we're going to hold back a lot in this match by. By doing this, we're still going to make it a really entertaining match because it was that it was yeah. a really entertaining match. Uh, I know, obviously, y- whenever you have two competitors face up against each other for a second or third time, you're always going to look back at the other matches. That, that's inescapable at this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I that, mean, that's
1: something they don't really need to do in NXT with the depth of talent that they have, and that's sort of right. I think hurts the main roster a lot, and then NXT doesn't have to subject themselves to.
0: Right. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of the people that Ricochet could have faced here and still had the same thing happen at the end of the match, right. you know, ab- afterwards. Um, so and and again, like like this any match, other member of Undisputed Era. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but also this match wasn't for anything. Even even though they kind of said it as, like, we're going to face off each other because we both think that we deserve a next title shot, this wasn't for a title shot. No. Like, Johnny's, Johnny is already booked next week to go against Velveteen Dream, and there was never any conversation of, like, well, the winner of this match is going to face the winner of that match. Nope, nothing like that. So this was really just a regular a match. Off. Yeah, just a one yeah. Yeah, just a one-off. So you you definitely could have just thrown Roddy in there and been like, I'm I want to be the guy going for the for the North American Championship. I'm going to take on Ricochet. Right. And have had the exact same thing happen. Yep. So, but of course, directly after the pinfall, the Undisputed Era run in and attack Ricochet um, before Alistair Black comes to the rescue and gets ended as well. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. A lot of
1: I, I, am guessing Alistair Black is going to be Roddy's single program. That's what it looks like coming out of this to me. He was Roddy was sort of giving him the, the glare down when he was on the ground at the end.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> it just was kind of, it was interesting because pretty much every match, or every segment in this in in this episode. Ended with somebody attacking somebody else yeah. after the match. It was like so, an AEW press conference up in this bitch. Oh, very much so. <sighs> yeah, so I, I'm I'm for um, Alistair Black versus Roddy because, but Alistair Black should probably be called up at this point, right? Because he's really not. He's just kind of floating around now.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen at this point until WrestleMania. They're still integrating the last round of call ups in a very not very well way. So.
0: More on that tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that as well. Uh, obviously, post WrestleMania is where we normally get a couple of call ups, so I can see Bella Black showing up then, because of, it doesn't seem like he's and, going to be going for the for the NXT Championship anytime soon.
1: Yeah, no, and they'll probably call up him and Bianca Belair because she's undefeated.
0: Yeah, because that's that's exactly what we need is another crazy bitch on. Raw smack though. <laughs> Just say Yeah. Just say there's a lot of them. Yeah. You know. A little bit. Yeah. So for me, um, this episode was was pretty good. Obviously the the main event was uh, was was a really nice match. Um, it followed a not so good match. <laughs> uh, but, the, okay, the so, is, but the future is future is bright for us too.
1: But it was a really good match, and it's a match that's worth going back and looking at. And if you like hot chicks, that match True. wasn't
0: too bad. Yeah, if you like hot chicks, the two in the ring would definitely fit that bill. Yes. <laughs> Not so much the one on the outside.
1: Vanessa Bourne's so, pretty hot, dude.
0: Well, I don't know. She's no no, she's she's fine. She's fine. She just her up against those other two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Her her by herself, by all means, yes. Pull your dick out. Pull your vagina out do what you will with it but when you put her next to conchi or Aaliyah, eh, i'll take the other two first and then shana comes out and my dick tries to go back inside of my body <laughs> it's only because you're because you're still confused about your sexuality because you're like i think she's a boy but i don't know
1: no no not confused like she sounds
0: <laughs> she's she sounds like she's a 12 year old boy. Uh, boy oh boy oh boy she looks like if Pinocchio grew up to be an MMA fighter. In the fight. <laughs> that that whole group, it's like it's very obvious why Ronda is the the name. Yeah.
1: Well, I <laughs> cool. mean, if you ever watched them fight, it's very obvious too. Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, like I said, this this was uh, was a decent uh, decent episode, I should say. Um, we did get a uh, Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano kind of promo in the middle there, just kind of recapping everything. Nice way to continue to showcase, you know, them even if they're not going to be on the show. Because this was a pretty packed show, I yeah, will say. For sure. So, um, but if you uh, if you enjoy listening to us pack each other, we'll be back tomorrow for an all new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, and we have Elimination Chamber to talk about, uh, as well as the week of wrestling. So. Make sure to keep it locked here. Um, If you haven't already, head on over to our Patreon and check out the reward levels there. Patreon.com slash Rundown Wrestling. All new revamped levels as it is. Uh, Still have the $5 level, which gets you early access to shows uh, as well as um, some patron-only episodes. The $10 level will actually get you a sticker pack, which is uh, brand new for, for our fans here. And the twenty dollar level will get you a T-shirt. So make sure to head on over there and uh, and sign up because you're you're missing some some awesome shit. Yeah. Cut. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So plus, with that plus fucking T-shirt, dude. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Working working up those the, that design right now. I've got it all ready. Uh, just waiting for some patrons.
1: There
0: you go. <laughs> so yeah, um, but with that we will go ahead. And sign off for this episode of NXT Revisited, and we will... NXT you next Wednesday? Yeah, there you go, I like that one.
1: Bye-bye!